0: This is USA Takedown, the best guests. All the hot news and predictions on combat sports of wrestling and MMA. With your host, the true American, Scott Casper. Connect with him now on social media and check out usatakedown.com. Now, it's time for USA Takedown.
1: Hello again, everybody. It is Scott Casper. This is USA Takedown. Barbarian Apparel presents this program every single week. It's Battleskins, USA Takedown. Live from the Wild Rose Casino Studios in Des Moines, Iowa, snowy Des Moines, Iowa. It's only going to get uh, deeper, Kira, so I hope you brought your big big girl boots uh, because we're going to need them. Anywhere from 6 to 15 inches has been prognosticated, and yeah, you can use that word now. I put it out there, okay? Um, Guest this week on the program, uh, Shane Sparks. uh, uh, We'll talk about his new television show. It's very similar to our old TV show. Uh, Takedown TV, but uh, it's on the Big Ten Network. He's doing a great job there. Caleb Nemers will shepherd that interview along as well. Tim Szeski is going to be joining us this morning um, to talk about uh, the Midlands and the state of Illinois canceling uh, not just that event, but so many other events without uh, thinking about those that it's affecting. Many people had their airline tickets, their hotels, travel accommodations, all of that All set and ready to go, spending literally thousands of dollars, many of them tens of thousands of dollars. Well, the event did happen, but uh, it was a mere shadow of its former self. We'll talk with Tim, well-known as, you're going to like this, Timmy Midlands, okay? Rich Bender, the uh, executive director of USA Wrestling, will be joining us. We're going to talk a little bit about not just what's going on in the world of wrestling, but in particular... The uh, bout at the ballpark scheduled for February 12th, okay? Team USA is scheduled to wrestle in the event against a country whose coach has recently chanted death to America. Is it appropriate that we invite the Iranians here? Is it appropriate that their head coach chants death to America and expects to have the ability to come over to this democratic society we know as the United States of America? Well, We're going to have that conversation. I know Rich will take the high road and allow me to take that middle road because the athletes surely deserve to compete, but to compete against who? We'll talk to him about that. We'll start the program with our friend Jim Miller. Before we get to Jim, um, I want to tell you we're going to be dedicating this program. It seems like we do this every week, but um, to a, a late, great broadcaster in my life, and I put a post out there. It's called, He Saved a Seat for Me. And it was in ninth grade, Brody Junior Higher Brody Middle School, as it's called now. And we were all very excited. All of us kids were excited for we were going to be meeting broadcasting royalty on that very special day. Lee Klein, the father of my classmate, Dr. Greg Klein, would be meeting and talking to us about his life and profession. Well, after the master storyteller gave his talk... And filled the questions I had a chance to visit with him privately. He impressed me when he took time to listen to me, and I thought, "Wow, he took time to listen to this kid. I asked him to save a seat for me on WHO radio and on radio in general. I told him it would be I told him with great confidence that I would be coming. He said he would. And years later, he remembered that talk we had and welcomed this kid to the airwaves. He encouraged me, as did Mary Brewbaker, Keith Kirkpatrick, Dolph Pulliam, Jim Zabel, Van Harden, Larry Cotler, Paul Rhodes, Mac McCoy, and Bill Riley. They all knew somehow that I needed radio and TV. They understood. And in many ways, they all saved a seat for me in what has become a terrific career. So I thank them all, but especially our friend, our master storyteller, Lee Klein. He saved a seat for me. And so I'll ask each and every one of you in your chosen profession, in your life, who are you saving a seat for? So we dedicate this program to Lee Klein. Let's go to our first guest, Jim Miller, who has literally been, I think he's, you know, fostered the career of so many uh, great young coaches and taught them well, for they are winning as well. Not just in the W, putting a W in the column, but Jim Miller joins us. Jimmy, good morning, Jim. its It's oh. more than about wins and losses, right?
2: yeah for sure just you know it's good to see a lot of guys that i coached out there doing what you know they're doing some coaching and they love doing it and not just in the coaching world but you know in many other areas of business or whatever it might be
1: you know i look at the the coaching roster up at warburg okay i, I dare i say you your alma mater um i look at that coaching tree and i'm thinking. My goodness, there's a lot of coaches, but they want to be there no matter the pay, no matter the, the cost to them because of what they're learning. That That legacy is being passed down uh, even in your absence, and I think that's a great tribute to you indeed.
2: Yeah, I mean, Russell's obviously a staple, and, and uh, he'll continue to be that way.
1: Mm. We're talking with Jim Miller. They call him Millboy. You hear him on many broadcasts side-by-side uh, side with Dan Gable. He's now the executive director of the Dan Gable uh, National Wrestling Hall of Fame in uh, Waterloo, Iowa. And I, I, I know that you've got some opinions, perhaps uh, maybe they're best <laughs> couched. But at the same time, you're here to serve the wrestling public and the sport in general. That's quite an honor, isn't it?
3: Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, We, we get people from all over the country that come through the museum and get to, you know, from... Surprisingly, California, Oregon is, is really, uh, this uh, fall, we had a, just a lot of people from the west coast. And, uh, you know, we're going to have a lot from out east. I'm sure with the uh, last two years ago when the Penn State-Iowa meet uh, happened in, in Iowa City, we had a big crowd come through. The, you know, they arranged it so they got to see the Gable Museum, and I'm, I'm we're anticipating that again this year.
1: Oh, I can't, I can't even tell you how exciting that is. Anytime you put Penn State up against the University of Iowa at Carver-Hawkeye, that's a big deal. Well, another big deal recently took place. You know about the border wars between Minnesota and Iowa, of course, but it was the University of Minnesota making its trek to Iowa City, the home of the Hawkeyes, and uh, the Hawkeyes were doing their job of handling uh, the Gophers, and uh, with the exception, perhaps, Of one standout weight, that was the heavyweight, where the wrestling faithful uh, recognized excellence. And they did so, giving a great round of applause and, in some cases, a standing ovation to Gable Stevenson. He, in turn, recognized them and did not uh, ignore that which he was uh, being awarded, and that was their appreciation. Uh, That's not unlike a wrestling crowd, is it?
3: Well,
2: you know... He was uh, I was at that event and he was before the meet taking pictures, signing an autograph. He was <laughs> he was great. And then you know, Dan Gable was there obviously and uh it's Gable Dan Steveson. is named after Dan, so you know, there's a bond there too, but you know, what a special talent that guy is. I mean yeah. it's just and it's good to hey man, he represented the United States, was an Olympic gold medalist and Iowa fans, you know they're very knowledgeable and, and appreciative. I mean, they wanted, you know, Cassiope wanted him to win, of course. That sure. was the Iowa guy, but they appreciated uh, that match and, and what uh, Gable Stevenson showed out, for sure.
1: There's a great picture of uh, Randy Lewis, Dan Gable, and Gable Stevenson in the uh, what I call the bowels of Carver Hawkeye, the back hallways, if you will. But um, it's just three you know, former Olympians hanging out in the back hallway enjoying each other's company and conversation. And I said, you know, even at that time, and I've said this for a long time, and that is wrestling enjoys itself when allowed. If we get out of each other's way, it's amazing how good we can be.
2: Yeah, you got three Olympic gold medalists, you know, 72, 19 was Dan, 84 was Randy Lewis, and 2020 or 2021, whatever you determine, was but,
1: hey, man, there's a bond there, man. It's pretty cool. Now, we're, and, talk, we're talking with Jim Miller. The museum has a special place in, in uh, being a safe harbor for the memories and the treasures of this sport. But I think the greater challenge for the museum is to recognize but also to promote the sport, uh, not just to itself, but to the greater community of, of uh, sports fans. And you did that with the 72 for 72 celebration on what would become uh, one of the very last days that Dan Gable was 72 years old. Talk about that event, because it was a huge success. It was
2: a big success. And basically it was Dan's 72nd birthday, which we had planned the year before. And so it was, he, was gonna, he was turning 72 that day, and 1972 was his Olympic, you know, when he won the Olympics. And so we're going to put that together and just do a Dan Gable celebration pretty much. And we, you know, we canceled it. The last day he was seventy-two. It was October
3: twenty-fourth,
2: so it all came out, and it all came. It really was a cool event. We had so many. We had about three hundred people there, but so many high-level, accomplished wrestling people, and then so many just wrestling fans. It was, it was very cool, and Dan enjoyed it immensely, and and all his girls talked, uh, all Dan's daughters, and um, Ben John Peterson. And, you know, just a number of others that uh, was, you know, close to his career, whether it was high school, college, or his Olympic and world career.
1: He's touched the lives of so many, and being there, you know, right in the fire as you are, uh, you and Becca and and, uh, the other volunteers that uh, uh, choose to not just visit but take part in the National Wrestling Hall of Fame Dan Gable Museum events, I mean this is this is special that we actually get to celebrate somebody who is still living. I'm I'm sad that Bill Farrell could not have been there. Okay? Yeah. But uh it's 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 I I'm, I'm wondering what Bill Farrell would have thought about the event. Well,
2: it was he would have loved it and it was people walked out of there with all smiles and Dan was on fire when he talked. he was, was great. He was walking around the crowd and pointing people out, it was great. It was uh, unscripted, and it was Gable all the way. So that was cool. And we love doing events like that, and obviously that was a really big event. We got we're going to do, and I and this hasn't been released yet, but so you're going to be the first to know. But we're doing a <clears throat> the Iowa great Chuck Yagla, doing a <laughs> wall signing at the museum, and then we we're having a having a you know a social, the wall signing, and then some speakers and so forth. Uh, Sunday the March twenty seventh. Uh, so, we're excited about that. Uh, Yagla Charlie's uh, Waterloo native, you know, uh, two-time national champ for Dan, outstanding wrestler of the NCAA, 1980 Olympian. So, and he really had a chance to win a gold medal too. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the year they didn't get to go. You know, we boycotted, and uh, he he had beaten the silver medalist pretty easily, and had never wrestled the gold medalist. So, uh, that's tough. Thinking back, that you know, the opportunity kind of was gone and taken away from that group. But Chuck Yagla's been a and then an, also a Hall of Fame uh, Russell official, he's in the All- National Hall of Fame as an official as well. So, anyway, we're looking forward to that. Well, another thing that we're not, a, we're, we're not, we're just supporting, but uh, you know, you and I's honoring and you'll remember uh, this guy, this guy Chuck Patton, longtime oh, yeah. coach at you and I, they're honoring him January 22nd in the West Gym dual meet with north dakota state so i'm looking forward to that chuck was my coach and uh really had a lot of influence on my life and coaching careers and a whole bunch of other people too so we love doing stuff like that or being involved in stuff like that and we're also you know we're going to be at the girls state tournament saturday the 22nd of january and which i heard had over 700 entries that's right my goodness We're going to be at the Boys State Tournament in Des Moines. We're going to be at the D3s in Cedar Rapids. We're going to be at the D1s in Detroit. And probably be at the NAIA uh, National Tournament as well. So we love doing those kind of things and representing uh, the museum at those events. And and then, you know, later on trying to honor a lot of those people that that have made the sport great.
1: You know, it's one of the things that we do well, I think. uh, And I think we're doing an even better job. Uh, you take a look at the Glen uh, the Glen Brand Wrestling Hall of Fame uh, class of 2022, and the event will be held at the Prairie Links Golf and Event Center in Waverly on June 24th. What can you tell us about that event? Because it has become a very special, special event.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a there's a golf outing in the morning. It's it's not it's connected because it's the same day, but it, it's it's uh, really a separate event. But most of the uh, Glen Brand people, Glen Brand honorees, are uh, also participate in that. But, but uh, we host that event in, in uh, Prairie Links in Waverly. It's a beautiful place, mm-hmm. and uh, we sold out. We we're going to anticipate another sold out uh, crowd this year. So, anyway, we, we uh, that's a, that's that's one of our feature events, and and uh, we'll get more out on that later.
1: You on, mentioned. On yeah you 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 mentioned that um, the, the number of attendees and those competing uh, for the girls at the states this year uh, is over 700. I anticipated doubling last year's numbers, and it's very simply uh, the movement across the country where women are taking charge. women are you know being put on mats where they weren't normally welcomed in the past. And thank goodness that has changed but it was just released uh, by our friend Drew on DrewBlogsicle.com that uh, Ohio has recognized women and decided to finally allow and sanction women's wrestling in the state of Ohio. Uh, This is a lot of days, a lot of years. It should have happened well before this, and I find it kind of disenchanting if that's the correct word. I think it is, Uh, but that the women are having to convince uh, guys that, in some cases, really don't have any business being in the position of making the decision that they're worthy. You follow what I'm saying? It's it's it's. I'm not. I don't totally agree with or understand the dragging of the feet. But Ohio finally has recognized. Do you think this will uh, help other states make the same type of decision in a positive sense?
2: I would like to think so. But I'm puzzled, too, because, you know, in our state, when, you, when the University of Iowa starts women's wrestling and a number of other schools, Simpson, Warburg, Iowa Central, I mean, that was just this year. And uh, what's it going to take? I don't, I, don't, I don't know what our holdup is for sure. Uh, you got to assume that, God, it's got to be coming. I mean, we got so much momentum, <laughs> right? We got so much momentum on our girls' side. Right. And it's a great, and the tournament's awesome. The tournament's awesome. I I'm not, I don't, I mean, I was there last year, and I think it was it had like 350 or something. And it was a great two day tournament. Now, I don't know how, that's going to be crazy this year with that mm-hmm. many. They're going have to have to start having a qualifier or something.
1: You know, when Archie Randall phoned me and said, hey, he'd just been hired as the head coach for wrestling uh, at Oklahoma City. And I said, "That's what a, what a great challenge to, to start a program. He said, well, I'm starting a women's program, too. I said, who's going to be the coach? He said, I will be. I said, you're going to coach both teams. In many cases, that's exactly what's happened, if you think about it. That's what happened to Mark Cody. He was able to hire some uh, coaches for uh, Presbyterian, but at the same time, you know, the the onus falls on that director of wrestling operations, the head men's coach, where they've got to wear two or three hats, maybe more. But um, I think if there was a coach that's probably better suited uh, in any sport, I don't know which sport it would be, but I do believe that, that a wrestling coach is is up for the challenge no matter what. As a matter of fact, Soaring Eagles... Uh, at Elmira College have started new wrestling teams of both men's and women's. This is Division Three. I don't care what division it is. I don't care what level it is or which college platform it is. But Cody Griswold is up to the task. And, of course, we talked with uh, uh, two great coaches last week, uh, men's and women's coaches from out in Oregon, uh, where they're starting a men's and women's program. The, the most important thing they do, Jim, and correct me if i'm wrong but you got to start with a strong class in both in order to foster uh support in order to gain the attention of the general public and the wrestling public at the same time agree or disagree
2: well yeah obviously that'd be ideal mm-hmm. i can't imagine doing both sports i really can't. i'm a, my hat's off to those people that you know they're young now i'm assuming they're young and enthusiastic at 100 mile an hour and got all kinds of energy because that's what it's going to take I know what it took just to run one side of the program, you know, right. the men's program. So, I love it that they're doing it, and I, I'm hoping in those situations, and some of them have when they start getting numbers and they start having some success. Like you said, they're you know more apt to get assistant coaches that for some help in there, which will really advance the sport as well. Because you got to give the kids, you know, the attention they need and and the help they need, and that's right. All that along the way, not just recruit them.
1: Yeah, there, there comes that second step. <laughs> you recruit them; they arrive. Second step, you know, they're there for an education. Let's face it; it's one of the things yes. that you did well at Warburg. You, you fostered that uh, great uh, and accommodated the needs of the student athletes, but really you fostered that atmosphere of education is uh, more important than anything. You do well in the classroom; other things will take care of themselves. You know, wrestling should be, and I think for many. It was, for me, uh, something I could go to to celebrate my successes on the day, the week, the year. But it was wrestling that gave me that good grounding, that good foundation. It's why we do this very show. You know, Gable made it apparent that the room was open for me, too. And gave me a family when at the University of Iowa. Heck, nobody in my family had ever gone to college. But it was wrestling that, uh, that held the door. And I loved that about it. Um, okay, so let's change up this topic um everyone. well let me just finish this off with, yeah you know for
2: coaching when you're in college coaching and recruiting is hard and so you spend all this time you got to get them to campus right you got to right. actually get them to commit and they come to school there and that that that's hard but that's just a starting point that's right you know you can't relax because you got to keep them there and to keep them there, you're talking about just like you said, Scott, academically, mm-hmm. you know, homesick. I mean, whatever it is, if you got 20 kids and they each have one problem, you got 20 problems. That's why you need some help. But and then you got to develop them. So you got to get them there, keep them there, and then develop them. All, all, all three, all three things, or it's not going to work.
1: That's right. That's is, so
2: that's a that's a good that's a hell of a job.
1: But you see, that's where a good coach like yourself relies on their support staff. Those are the assistant coaches. That's why, that's why uh, uh, so many of these young coaches that coached with you have learned that along the way, that without them, it's like you're Mike Doty, okay? Mike Doty is, is so happy to be involved in this sport, even to this day, as a former Hawkeye himself. But, man, the pride he takes in repping the museum and repping Coach Gable, repping you and Becca and everybody. I mean, he loves that association, that affiliation, and it shows. I mean, he is so excited to be a part of the Hall of Fame.
2: No doubt. No doubt. And he's doing his job,
1: too. And wasn't the 72 for 72 his idea initially anyway?
2: Yeah, that, we just brainstorm once in a while, and something like that just pops up.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and that's the best part. Open conversation. Yeah. Uh, folks, this is USA Takedown. It's where the legends live, and one of them has been our first guest on the program today. That's Jimmy Miller. We call him Millboy. You'll find him at the National Wrestling Hall of Fame dan gable museum in beautiful waterloo iowa look for him online as well at nwhof.org again nwhof.org you can communicate with them at dgm staff at nwhof.org or give them a call at 319-233-0745 tours are available and uh, of course you can always stop by you know during normal business hours but at the same time uh, they'll be happy to meet you there off hours to take uh, your casting crew on a trip through what has become a fabulous history of our sport. Jim, thank you for the time today. I appreciate it.
2: Okay, Scott. Thank Scott. you. calling, man.
1: And I hope you're feeling better. I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm getting there. <laughs> I love All, right, it. All right. USA Takedown is brought to you in part by our good friends at Battle Dash Skin. Again, it's Battle Dash Skin. And we are coming to you live from the Wild Rose Casino Studios in Des Moines, Iowa, where the snow is beginning to fall. And it looks like we're going to be measuring this in uh, many inches. Stay tuned. There's more about that and, of course, the great sport you love. Rich Bender's next. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Casper will be right back with more USA Takedown. All right, welcome back to the show. Barbarian Apparel presents this program each and every week. You need team gear, gear for yourself or your teams or your family, doesn't matter. They uh, manufacture some of the coolest singlets and uh, durable singlets. Um, You know, nobody's picked up the ball and run with it in terms of uh, putting great effort into design better than Joshua and his staff at Barbarian Apparel. Look for them online, BA or BarbarianApparel.com. All right uh welcome back to the show we had a great conversation with one of the legends of our sport jimmy miller millboy has uh, been there done that and continues to give back under his leadership at the dan gable museum in waterloo uh joining us next is a guy that uh, well i happen to respect more than most and that is uh the leader of uh usa wrestling recently i think that was cemented yet again as uh the hungarian contingent said hey we want to model our program our wrestling program after team usa no greater compliment than that rich bender joins us rich good morning how are you good morning scott how are you doing today good man it's always good to talk to you when you're not on a horse yeah that's
4: right that's right well i got boots on today it's a uh, blue jean friday at usa wrestling that's what i'm talking
1: about all right let's, let's let's dig into by the way what kind of horses do you have well, I have
4: no horses right now. My what? horses uh, that I own, uh, my daughter uh, recently, uh, well, she's coming up on her first anniversary, uh, married a horse trainer in, uh, in Oklahoma. So she, she has all of the bender horses, or the one bender horse that we still have is down there with, with her, and uh, I guess 39 of his best buddies uh, under the care of my son-in-law.
1: I never would have expected a young man from Wisconsin to, be, to look as good in a saddle as you.
4: Well, it's the, the, the trick is to stay in the saddle, right? So,
1: uh, yeah. I remember this one time I was going riding, and I, I walked up to the horse. The horse turns and looks at me and goes, no way.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I felt
1: so bad for the horse. <laughs> anyway, good morning, Rich. Um, well, Let's talk about the political strife that one must experience, and we're experiencing right now. But uh, Team USA is scheduled to compete against Iran at uh, Globe Life Field. It'll be the bout at the ballpark on February 12th. Um, that has been changing somewhat over the last uh, few days, weeks. Uh, we're, we're not seeing everybody that could compete for a variety of reasons uh, compete. We're talking about Dake, Taylor, and, and perhaps Gable Stevenson as well. What are your thoughts? I mean are, are there are people making political statements through their absence or what?
4: I'd say absolutely not. I, I think it's a you know obviously um, you know we are blessed. we are incredibly blessed in this country to have you know maybe our greatest pool of talented wrestlers at any time of our his, in our history
3: Amen.
4: and the, to to be successful at the very top end of the sport. Is, is, is precision is needed? Precision around your training, precision around your preparation, p- precision around your competition, and you know I, I assure you that you know guys like Kyle Dake and, and David Taylor uh, have a very 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 specific strategy and plan mm-hmm. to ensure that you know when the whistle blows and they're standing on the tape at the World Championships and the Olympic Games that that they're at their absolute peak, and uh, you know I think the other the other. uh you know, we're a little bit of a victim of our own success, right? The, the, the depth of this country, um, you, you, you have to be ready, uh, when, when the whistle blows for these events like the U S open and, and just making our team is a, is a significant, uh, challenge. So, uh, No, not a a political statement uh, in any way. I mean, wrestling is maybe the greatest example of a sport that transcends politics. Amen. Um, And the Iranians have been to this country, I think we counted the other day, 15 times. And never once with an an incident, and we've been there uh, an equal number of times. And every time, and I've been blessed to be on a few of those tours. Never once has there there been any politics involved in 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 the competition. So we're proud of that, and we're going to continue to try to push that forward, and, and hopefully uh, we'll have a fantastic event in Arlington in February.
1: Yeah, Rich Bender joins us. And, Rich, um, wrestling, as, as you've alluded to and, and commented on, that wrestling has uh, been able to rise above politics, that we could all take a, a lesson. All sports, really, could take a lesson from wrestling in that when jordan burroughs goes into iran to compete or iraq or wherever he gets a standing ovation
4: um yeah one of one of my greatest memories scott my three decades of of being involved with this this awesome sport was just uh, an example that happened in in Kermanshah, iran at the world cup mm-hmm. and uh, we were wrestling germany in the first bout and in a you know as you can imagine absolutely jam-packed arena you couldn't have gotten another person in there with a shoehorn, <laughs> and uh, standing ovation, deafening. In fact, I have it on video, deafening uh, chants of Jordan, Jordan. It was home <laughs> ice for Team USA for every one of those matches. And to be honest with you, in the finals against Iran, it wasn't it wasn't as lopsided as you could imagine. I mean, we, we uh, um, you know we we we've experienced some pretty pretty awesome. Uh, times in 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 iran when we went over there to compete
1: uh, he joins us now this is rich bender from his office in colorado springs uh they don't get the kind of snow in colorado springs that we get here um i think it's called mountain effect yeah and so, <laughs> well i mean it, it, it's snow, funny it in about away.
4: 55 today here so <laughs> can't complain
1: yeah well good would it do anyway all right so the u.s and iran scheduled to meet uh at the same time as oklahoma state and the university of iowa and this is a, uh, something that will be legendary. I'm confident of that, and not only a total of attendance, but the kind of uh, competition we expect. It's not too often when you see high-level programs like this meet on a stage. I think the last time was Oklahoma State at Iowa at Kinnick, and uh, a record crowd of some 42,000 and change. What are your expectations of, the, of this event for Team USA and, in general, wrestling?
4: Well, we, we'd love to, to have 40,000 of our closest uh, friends in, in, in Arlington at Globe Life. I and think if you know, our goal is, is probably half of that. And uh, it's uh, just a, a great spectacle for wrestling, obviously, the two most storied programs, arguably. No offense to Penn State and some other folks out there, but two of our most storied collegiate programs in the history of wrestling. Um, both uh, are... Uh, are very strong, so it 's going to be that in itself worth the price of admission and obviously uh, team USA and the role that we 've been on with uh, Iran also um, those that watch the world championships in in Oslo can see that the Iranian uh, team is very strong as well and you know the motivation for us to, to invite Iran was was competition right we, we, we think it 's invaluable for for our athletes to have the opportunity to wrestle the best on in in situations where it will be you know a home venue and 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 give us a you know maybe a little bit of an edge over one of the best teams in the world and uh, don't forget we we've also uh, put our women's national team or uh, we'll bring our six Olympic uh, six Olympic women's weights there uh, to be announced it looks like it's going to be Mongolia uh, we were hoping for Japan and had some recent shutdowns in terms of what their strategy was is with the traveling of their teams abroad, so uh we're working hard to get uh mongolia here We we've had a commitment from them from for some time and just through the visa details as you can imagine challenging times we're living in mm. and uh it's also our hope to get uh tracy, um, tracy Tracy Hancock matched up with the reigning world champ the iranian uh, in a in a special match with greco too. so Should be, uh, for a wrestling fan, uh, kind of nirvana in, in a sense. So, uh, uh, really, really looking forward to the event and expect big crowds, uh, in, uh, going into our last kind of push for ticket sales now. So, um, really looking forward to having a fantastic event.
1: Rich Bender, I guess. Rich, I got to ask you about, um, the news that came out yesterday that, uh, uh, the NCAA will not have yet again, not have a fan fest and, uh, You know one of the centerpieces of the fan festival and uh, i'm proud to take part in it by the way uh is is when bill zadick and his team uh gathers for open and public workouts and he gets to talk to the fans and the fans get to ask questions um but again uh this is going into a state michigan where uh, and detroit in particular where they are looking out for as they say public safety um I'm wondering if they're not going to cancel the event in total. What are your thoughts on this, and do you have any knowledge of that? Well, I
4: I, I don't have any inside knowledge. I certainly hope not. I mean, I think that's that's one of the greatest events in the in our in our sport uh, worldwide, right? And and certainly um, great opportunity for us to to get team our team together, um, in, in an environment where. Um, you know, that it's it's there's a lot of energy, a lot of excitement. A great training camp usually takes place in conjunction with that. So obviously disappointed, it doesn't look like we'll we'll have that, that opportunity. But, you know, Scott, one of the things that, that's been kind of a foundational philosophy of USA wrestling from the start of this pandemic is that we're gonna we're gonna follow and respect the, the, the rules of the local public health officials mm-hmm. and if that's what the decision is in in Detroit. Um, you know, obviously, we're going to respect that. And, right. Um, you, know, it, you know, we want to we want to be good citizens and, and ensure that um, you know this things are, are are well run. And you know, obviously, be disappointed if for some reason that event didn't didn't take place. But you know, as of right now, we're pretty optimistic about it and really looking forward to what promises to be a great NCA Championships.
1: And, and you know, it's 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 not often an opportunity is afforded to the general public where they can meet. A uh, uh, Jordan Burroughs or or Kyle Snyder, you know, one on one, watching these guys work, they they often hear of the workouts, but they don't get to see these guys, you know, do what you and I know is second nature to them even now. Uh, so I'm I'm hoping they don't cancel. Although Kemmerer has uh, committed to me that he would be available for a magical eighth season of competition. <laughs> what, are you, what are your thoughts about Kemdog going for an eighth season? Well maybe he
4: could be one of those guys that goes directly from college
1: into the veterans, but uh,
4: uh, no, obviously a great, great competitor and just man, and what an inspiration to be able to I mean that, there, there's few things that is as big of a grind as a college Division one wrestling season to be able to do it as long as he has, and is pretty inspirational.
1: Wrestling is probably as healthy as it's been over the last 50 years right now. We're seeing the rise of women's sports and, and in general, women's wrestling. You've been there over 30 years, uh, three decades. You've been able to help, and gently, I might add, you've never been a bull in a china closet, you or your staff, but you've been shepherding the idea of having women's wrestling on college campuses around the country. And the ultimate goal, obviously, is to have the best of the best competing on behalf of Team USA around the world. Well right now I'm saying this with a little bit of tongue in cheek, but we're suffering a an embarrassment of riches. Would you agree with that?
4: Oh, I totally agree with that and and, and and Scott it's you know at year end obviously we have a, a chance to kind of reflect on the year and and uh, you know just coming off what I think is maybe one of the best years, if not the best year in the history of USA Wrestling.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And, uh, and by no means can I take credit for it. a great team and the thousands of volunteers and around this country that, that helped make the USA Wrestling program strong. But I'll just tell you a couple of key, key indicators of that success. Last year, Team USA won more medals at the World Championships at the, at the age group levels combined than any time in our history. Wow. Uh, our, our November of, uh, two months ago, or I guess, yeah, two months ago, November of 2021 was the single largest membership month in the history of USA wrestling. We did about 1.7 million in membership sales in a single month. Our December was the largest December in history. Um, obviously the 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 success of our our events programs and uh our fundraising uh folks continue to set set the pace of literally every month with with record numbers so yeah i i believe that we are back on that preposition prepos- of the of the golden age of our sport i mean college wrestling um you know its its interest and and recognition is is probably at an all time high and man, the women's program is just absolutely on fire. Mm-hmm. Just added Ohio as uh, yesterday. Right. Um, so now I think that's 33 state high school associations that recognize women's varsity wrestling as a standalone sport. Uh, working hard with the NCTA to to push women's wrestling through that emerging sports status into a Division One championship sport, and we're really optimistic about that. And you know, it's it's a pretty cool time to be involved in wrestling, as you mentioned. There, the embarrassment of riches on the <laughs> on the competitive side, and uh, you know, just we're working hard on Greco, and then we have some exciting news probably coming out soon about some new some new strategies there that we think will will help our our program get better. So um yeah a lot of things to be really optimistic about going into 2022
1: thankful and grateful uh is rich bender our guest at this time i want to talk to you a little bit about the guys that are wrestling in shadows okay one of them in particular is two-time world medalist james green he's largely been wrestling in the shadow at uh in lincoln at nebraska and the shadow of of Jordan Burroughs is one that casts a long shadow. He does, but uh, you know he's he's seemingly not just coming out of the shadow. I think he's better for having been there. Agree or not?
4: I'd agree. And, and And James is actually, I think he's still here. He was here over the weekend for for camp, and you know just continues to be a leader. Uh-huh. And, and you said it. I mean, he's been a little bit in the shadow but i'll tell you he's he's starting to cast a shadow himself (laughs) Uh, you know his success internationally has has been pretty cool to see and and uh you know there's he's a great wrestler and 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 a better person that's what's inspirational for me to be around him and just see someone that has handled you know in some cases some some tough circumstances right where you know jordan burroughs is is in a lot of In a lot of rooms, the man, probably every room, the man. And, you know, James has kind of embraced that opportunity to learn from Jordan, kind of cut his own trail, so to speak, and now is certainly, without question, a leader uh, within Team USA. Mm,
1: Couldn't agree with you more. The youngsters are waiting in the wings and most of them itching, uh, if you will, to tighten the cinch and get out there under their own steam. Yanni Dick Mahalis at 65, Jason Nolf at 74, and Zahid Valencia, who has stated publicly, you ain't seen nothing yet. He's at 86. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the young guys as we uh, prepare for the breaker?
4: Well, as we talked at the top here about, um, you know, needing to be pretty precise in terms of your preparation and training, and with cats like that behind you and coming, uh, you know, those, those they're pushing, uh, you know, iron sharpens iron. And man, it's it's really, really, really awesome to think about the potential that lies ahead of guys like that. And I mean, it's 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 good it's good for Team USA. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I look look to events like the U.S. Open and the World Team Trials and Final X. And man, there's going to be some fur flying for sure.
1: Fur flying, I like that. Rich Bender with the final word. Rich, thank you so much. Look for Rich. Look for his team actively putting out news about our sport. TeamUSA.org, mat.com as well. But Team USA: Gilman, Fix, Hollis, uh, Green, Nolf, Burroughs, Valencia, Cox, Snyder. And we're still looking for that 125. Who's going to be the man at 25? We'll see. But that event comes up at Globe Life Field, the home of the Texas Rangers, coming up in February. Make sure you get your tickets for bout at the ballpark. They start at 15 bucks and are available at TexasRangers.com forward slash wrestling. Rich, thank you so much.
4: Thanks, Scott. You continue to be a blessing for our sport and just honored to chat with you.
1: It's always good to talk to you, my friend, and thank you for that. We appreciate that. All right, this portion of our program brought to you by our friends at Battle Skins. That's Battle Skin, arm yourself uh, for success. As a matter of fact, I got in the mail yesterday, Kira, and you're going to be a part of this. I got these two giant backpacks, just literally stuffed full of stuff from Battle Skin's we're going to be giving those away. Oh. Yeah. Not today. But I want you all to stay tuned to our future broadcasts in the coming weeks, the coming Fridays. Because these are invaluable to keeping yourselves on the mat and competitive and healthy and safe. It all starts with you. Stay tuned. There's more. This is USA Takedown from ESPN
0: you know you like it have no fear the true american will be right back with more usa takedown
1: all right welcome back to the show it is usa takedown Uh, it's uh, kira jones scott Casper with you as we talk wrestling coast to coast from border to border and all those ships at sea We are live from Des Moines Sports Leaders, 102.1 FM and AM 1350 ESPN Radio, streaming live, or not live. We're going to figure that out, by the way. I think we have some plans here to be able to put this program live on Facebook. So uh, we've got some plans in that regard, so stay tuned for that. But until then, you can go to usatakedown.com, go to the drop-down tab, uh, which includes uh, all of our past shows. And it's generally, what, here, an hour or so? Is that about right? An hour after the program is live, we uh, put it up there for everybody else to gather up. And thank you to the hundreds and hundreds of you that do that each and every week. We appreciate that. And I hear from you. Many of you stop me and talk to me about it. Uh, So Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline this hour, our guests have included Jim Miller, Rich Bender. We go to a guy that is affectionately known in the sport, in the business, as Timmy Midlands. He joins us now, this Tim Szeski live from chicago illinois tim good morning how are you good morning great fantastic tim the midlands were canceled this year again uh and it has to be somewhat frustrating for you because a year in the making a year in the planning and uh, northwestern and the state of illinois really i think was behind it but the cancellation of the midlands kind of caught you uh Right in the gut. Talk to us about the feelings when you got the word, and what were you doing when you got the word that the Ken Craft Midlands Championships uh, would uh, would be canceled there in Hoffman Estates?
5: Well, you know, we were in the middle of setting things up, and um, we got a phone call, and they just said that that that, it was, that they decided to cancel the tournament, and um, so we had to respect that decision. It's like and we're I'm I'm already, I'm already ready. Looking for next year's tournament already, so I'm
1: excited about that. Do I think we have to learn to live with uh COVID and its many different iterations or variations? Uh, and and wrestling, and correct me if I'm wrong, but wrestling has done a really good job of preparing itself for success and its desire to continue competition. Would you agree with that? I
5: agree 100. percent I think wrestling in general has done a great job of saying, showing the public that we can do, we can, we can, we can, do both. You know, we're not, we're not intimidated by it. At the same time, we can get through a season and have a great championships. And, um, you know, I think we are a good, good example of how to make that happen.
1: Winter sports as a whole um, are are destined for a variety of different illnesses, the flu included. Uh, and sometimes you see teams literally come down with the flu all at the same time. So this is nothing new for wrestling, and it's certainly nothing new for the world of winter sports. I call it a winter sport, although wrestling has, uh, over the last 15 to 20 years, become a yearly sport, an annual sport, something everybody does every day. And uh, I guess we've been beating that drum for a while, but when the Midlands was canceled, other tournaments popped up like the Extreme Arena hosting an open tournament January 1 and 2. And um, while these are not the Midlands, you know, Gable was on the show last week, the great one, and talked what the Midlands meant to him and what the Midlands means to those in the sport. It truly is a gathering of wrestling's finest, number one. Number two, it's also the greatest fans in the sport, and they pour out. They buy almost every seat available, and... They want to see a show. The wrestlers and coaches want to put on a show, but to be on that mat competing in a singlet is a special opportunity and an outstanding resume piece for most competitors. I I think it's the Midlands are the only place I've ever coached an athlete. I don't know. Do you know this? I was actually in the corner of Brian. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was actually in the corner of Brian, Brian Keck as he okay. made his last appearance on the mat. And I can't remember his opponent. It may have been the Dovo. I'm not sure. But um, at, at, I think he won his first two bouts. And his third bout, he was just absolutely... He said, throw in the t- towel. I said, I'm yeah. not going to throw in the towel. He says, "Scott, I'm just out of gas. And you know what? It takes a man to to admit that. Sure. <laughs> the sure. late, great Brian Keck saying, I'm out of gas. Yeah. But, you know, the Midlands has been... Uh, a, a type of a tournament where it has gone through changes, obviously, uh, but it was once an open tournament where you had Olympians, gold medalists, silver, bronze, and world champions, college greats, and even high school greats, the Johnnies that are coming up. Right. But uh, it has changed into being a well, not just a well-run event, but something Ken Kraft and you both are exceedingly proud of.
5: Well, it's, it's a tournament that, you know, I think most wrestlers want to win. This, you want to win your conference championship. You want to win your national championship. You want to win the middle. That's it's, right. It's, I, it's called a triple crown of wrestling. I think you want to have that up on your wall, you know, and, um, and that's something we're proud of, that people want to be part of that that event and, and, and continue to improve it. This year we were planning again to have the first women's division, and we're planning having that again next year and actually having plans on expanding that. Uh, so we're excited about the, the future of the, of, of the tournament. And um, having out this, at, at the now Arena out in Hoffman State, they've been doing a great job for us. And we're excited that um, we'll be out there again next year.
1: I remember the first time I announced at that then called Sears Center, I think. Right? Right. Um, right. And, and it was such a, a different place for us to be uh, where the Midlands – you know, had a, had a great home in Welsh Ryan Arena, it had really outgrown the confines. And I think this was probably a good move, although most people want to be on the campus at Northwestern just to experience that. Right. Uh, that wonderful hot dog stand. How are they faring? <laughs> they're,
5: they're doing, they're still there, they're still there.
1: <laughs> we I would,
5: haven't eaten there lately, but they're still there, they're doing fine. We
1: would line up outside that thing with hopes of getting in and getting our, our order taken and then getting yep. to eat those hot dogs. I tell you what, good food, good, good food indeed in Chicago. That. Um, all right, so knowing what you know of not just the cancellation, but the plans for the future, you mentioned the expansion of uh, the women's presence. Are you surprised at how quickly? I mean, it's like, it's like this snowball starts at the top of a hill, continues to roll down. It has gained a momentum that many of us, had hope for, but we—I don't think I've been prepared to embrace.
5: I've been excited about it um, for quite a while, and the, the skill set they have right now—the gir- the women is uh, excellent. I mean, I remember the first time Ken—they asked the women's wrestling when they first started to do it. Very asked Ken Kraft, could we have an exhibition match? As, in the middle of before the middle of finals, and we all kind of looked at each other like, oh, I don't know, man. We,
3: you know, <laughs> where,
5: where are we, where are we getting ourselves into? This was years ago. When I mean, when it was just even with you know, talk about women being women's wrestling and trying to get it into the college level and the Olympics and stuff. And we decided, okay, let's do that. Let's do that. We did, and um, I, I don't think much people, m- many people, really recognize that we had Mac, uh, exhibition max out there. Most people didn't even pay attention. And the and the skill sets weren't very good. It was kind of, you know, junior high ish. Right. At, at that time, now you look at it it's like, holy smokes, they've gotten the coaching is better. The the more involvement with the with the women, and from you know from from little little girls all the way up to the, uh, 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 adults. That's fantastic. You bet. The involvement has been fantastic and exciting. And you know, we want to be on. We want to be part of that. Um, recognition of the growing of the of the sport and i tell you the, the olympians this year represented themselves on the women's side and the guy's side but mostly on the women's side fantastic they came across very very prof- uh, professional they knew what they wanted to do and how mm-hmm. they get it Their uh, motivation that was, was it was really neat to see
1: you know i think i i can actually mark the not the date but the event that I was at, when I realized that I was a proponent for women's wrestling, it was at the Midlands. Mm-hmm. And it was Joe Williams uh, going for his... I can't remember how many times Joe Williams won the Midlands. Do you know? Do you remember?
5: Uh, I know it's over six or seven, I think, right in that area.
1: Yeah, and and John Sachi's athlete, uh, was John was accusing the referee of some malfeasance <laughs> as Joe Williams won. But I had that conversation with John about women's wrestling. And the great Rutgers coach at the time, and I'm paraphrasing here, but said to the degree that women have no place and no business being on the, on the uh, mat or in the sport. Boy, was he wrong. <laughs> yeah.
5: I think, I think, I think, it's, I think initially every, a lot of people thought that way. But as it got evolved and they represented themselves in the sport so well, it's been a natural thing. I mean, in, in the state of Illinois, it's a very popular sport, and, and they have their own state championships
1: to, uh, mm-hmm. starting
5: up. I mean, it's, and it's just not Illinois; it's nationwide. It's, it's been a great—it's um, been great to watch these, that that sport develop.
1: Your mentor Ken Kraft. A couple of my favorite pictures are at dinner with Ken Kraft and Lee Kemp downtown at uh, Lowry's on Ohio. And I tell you what, not only is the food great there, uh, right now they're not doing the uh, silver cart with the prime rib on it uh, <laughs> due to COVID. But those are some of my favorite memories with Ken. Ken, I'm sure, would be proud of how the Midlands has evolved over the years. Would you say that's true?
5: I hope so. I, I you know, he was uh, took me under his wing and. As, as, as a coach and then also an administrator for the Midlands, so he just kind of showed the way and led the way and by the example, and I have a good group of guys at uh, Jack Lee who's been oh. working with the Midlands forever ever. He's a good a good person to bounce things off of Jack, uh, Jim Cartwright, Fred
3: mm-hmm.
5: Ark and these are a group of guys that have been involved with Midlands for for as long as I can remember and really have get, get, kept us on a good trajectory you know, to keep it successful.
1: Yeah, Jimmy Cartwright, you mentioned him. Uh, One of my favorite producers of all time, Jim Cartwright, uh, A.L. Hazlip. uh, But those are just a couple guys that know how to produce a wrestling event and keep us announcers on our toes. Uh, You know, that's one thing that that I think Ken understood, I know you do too, is that when you put on an event, it's more than just putting wrestlers on mats on the floor. It's about the show. How do you construct it? in such a way where it keeps the, the public involved, number one, the wrestling public involved, but number two, keep it keep it exciting for everybody, everybody on the edge of their seats. It, right. uh, for many years, the University of Iowa did very well uh, at the Midlands, and, and they lament the fact that you know they weren't able to compete at the 58th annual Kencraft Midlands this year as well. Uh, so there's a lot of disappointment. You were a Hawkeye once upon a time.
5: Oh, yeah, a little bit. Did get yeah, a little
1: bit? <laughs> I've seen the record yeah. books, okay? <laughs> Tim Sazesky joins us. They call him Timmy Midlands for a reason. Nobody's embraced the event more than uh, Tim has. And by the way, Tim, when all other media was uh, sequestered up to the media rows in the in the bowels, or upstairs, I should say, in the loftiness at, uh, uh, at, G- at Welsh Round Arena, you kept us on the floor. You understood the type of show we did, and sure. you kept us on the floor. And what uh, I'll never be able to thank you enough for that because it put us down there with the Jim, uh, John, or the, uh, uh, the Johnsons, and the Gables, right. and, and all the guys from uh, the Big Ten Network, et cetera. And by the way, Big Ten Network has unveiled a brand new show. With uh, with our buddy Shane Sparks, who will be on next week. Or no, he's on this show. He's on next hour yeah. to talk well, about we're... not just his show, but you know right. his experience in the sport as well.
5: Yeah, I mean the Midlands was going to be uh, this year. We had Big Ten Network gonna, was going to be covering it from start to finish. That was going to be the first time ever uh, off campus, so we were excited about that. Um, and you know we're positive that's going to happen again next year with that you know university support again. And so we're excited about. Next year's seat, next year's tournament, and having a women's division um, in, coming coming into it, be part of it, and um, you know it's going to be an exciting time. We just got to get through this year.
1: At the Orrington Hotel, I remember the big uh, the big meetings that were held there, the seating meetings, right? And right. as in as much as I was invited to a couple, I opted not to go because I didn't want to I didn't want to hear guys arguing on behalf of their athletes as, as uh, thoroughly as some did but yeah. uh, you know the I just think that that is part of our uh, the history of our sport those seating meetings and it's interesting right. to to hear what comes out of them Tim I, I want to thank you I want to thank you and your staff I want to thank uh, Northwestern University uh, the wrestling public and those that were prepared to descend on Hoffman estates okay right next to Barrington out there in the suburbs the western suburbs of chicago but i want to thank those that were truly involved in getting this thing up and running it again for another year and then having been canceled i know that they must be disappointed as you are i am but um it was out of of an abundance of uh, care and concern for the athletes and the fans that the right. event was canceled i respect that and surely every state's going to be a little differently but at some point we got to let them wrestle agree, I agree or I disagree
5: agree 100 percent, and that's that's our plan and you know looking forward to having a great season um this year and then you know starting it up again next year Middles will be the 29th and 30th of december next year as usual and um we'll be getting a lot of information out
1: got to find a place for me brother got to find you bet got to I- find a spot
5: i got a nice
1: easy chair on the head table for you. I'll be there. That? Tim, it's always good to talk to you, my brother. Thank you for all your kind work, your hard work. But uh, it absolutely shows. And those that do compete, those that have uh, the opportunity to be a coach at these events, it's rare indeed. But I'll tell you what, how special it is. Midlands you Championships bet. canceled this year, but hopefully we'll be back. And next year will officially be the 58th year, right? correct okay right. we're going to maintain that all right you bet god yep. bless you tim best to everybody yep. at northwestern okay thank you a regular guest on the program over all these many years tim Szeski, uh, has been our guest coming up next hour we're gonna uh go with our sometime uh, special guest host in caleb Nemers. i wish it was more often and perhaps with this new program kira that you have perhaps he can be a guest host more often yeah he would like that he has a lot of opinions does Caleb numbers. Shane Sparks will be joining us for not one, but two segments, okay? So he'll be on the first segment and the segment, se- second segment. Also, Coach Steve Glassy is going to be joining us from Battleskin uh, as we welcome this new sponsor to the program, but also as we welcome this new product to the marketplace. Been around for a couple of years, but they are now just hitting their stride. So Battleskin, we're going to be talking about that with Coach Steve Glassy, and uh, he's just out there in Cali uh, he's got a he's got a winter home down in uh, Mexico. Can you believe that? He hasn't invited you or me. <laughs> You're listening to USA Takedown live on Des Moines Sports Leader. This is 102.1 FM and AM 1350 ESPN.
0: All guests on USA Takedown appear on the Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline. Joe Rogan said, that stuff is awesome. I just ordered a ton of it and use it every day. Defense Soap, it's what the pros use.
3: <laughs>
1: are you really playing that's a great song have Always. you looked outside look outside right now
6: wherever you're at look outside look outside
1: <laughs> <laughs> carrie jones scott casper this it's USA Takedown. Live from a snowy Des Moines, Iowa, and I tell you what, this is wrestling weather, right? Hey, Barbarian Apparel presents Battleskins USA Takedown live from the Wild Rose Casino Studios. Our guests, first hour, Jim Miller, Rich Bender, Tim Sazeski. Can it get better? I think so. Uh, we've got uh, Steve Glassy coming up later in the hour. But in these next two segments, we're joined by uh, a oh, dear friend, yeah, somebody I happen to have a great deal of respect for. And that's Caleb Nemers. Caleb, good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you?
7: Hey, good morning, Scott. I'm great. Better than I deserve. How are
1: you? Oh, you know what? Oh, you uh, know anytime what? we put everybody together in a kind of a round table and kind of a uh, all, all, you know, similar minds, similar minds think alike, of course. But at the same time, we all have one interest in, at heart, and that's seeing the best of the best rise to the top and compete and uh, i know one of the things we're going to be talking about is the big 10 but also wrestling in general across the country spencer lee out for the season uh big 10 wrestling is officially underway and uh, you've got a guest that's joining us that uh, possibly knows it better than most would you agree
7: yeah Shane, shane's the expert, shane's here. expert here
1: well let's do it you well, want to, want to do, the intro? Do, the
7: intro. do the intro sure okay so
1: really let's getting go, a little, for uh, go for it uh,
7: back and forth here i don't know Kara. can if you took care of that, but Shane, are you on?
8: I am here. I am here.
7: <laughs> Shane, I I appreciate you coming on here, brother. Um, you know, you're you're kind of a, a staple of our of our sport, and um, your your enthusiasm, your excitement, everything that you bring, you know, the passion that you have for our sport is is something that's unmatched, and and we miss you when you're not on on certain broadcasts, and um, mm. I just wanted to to thank you for coming on and congratulate you on the new show. That was really great.
8: Yeah. Hey, thank you so much. Appreciate uh, the kind words, and uh, the show's been a lot of fun, and I always tell people this. I'm super, super grateful to get these opportunities, and uh, anybody else will be as excited as I am. You see, the best college wrestling in the country, phenomenal sport. It's had a big impact on me personally. It started when I was about seven years old, and it's just such a great sport, and then when you get to broadcast it at the highest level, it's a dream come true. It's, It's easy for me to get excited. I genuinely love it.
7: That's awesome. And, and you had you had a couple different opportunities to uh, to do some college football, too. I think I heard you on a couple ESPN broadcasts, too, right? How, how did that come about?
8: Oh, it was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. I was able to meet at the NCAA championships in 2021 uh, one of the guys that heads up the wrestling side of things for ESPN. Uh, him and I just kind of clicked. Had a real good chemistry. I had told him that I'd be open to any opportunities if, if there was something that was Available and uh, next thing I know, I'm doing it was it was Big Twelve college football and ESPN Plus. Ironically, first place I got to go to was Oklahoma State, which I thought was funny. <laughs> like of all the places in the country to send me to Oklahoma State, that was great. <laughs> and uh, and I got to go to Gainesville, the swamp. I got to go to a, do a game with the Gators, which was really cool. And uh, yeah, it was fantastic. I, I did not anticipate that happening, but uh, again, just just super grateful and. You know, a lot of times, I mean, pretty much every time I do an event, I just, I always take some time to reflect and just, you know, thank God for just being so great, because it's, I would have never imagined this kind of ride, to be honest.
7: Right, right. Take a page out of, out of Kale's book, right? So uh, I think he tells his guys, every time you step on the mat, you know, you walk out there with an attitude of gratitude and just just be thankful. For the opportunity, because there's a lot of people that would die for something like that, and um, and you've been given a lot of opportunities. But hey, you you've taken the bull by the horns and you've done a great job with that. But um, you know, to kind of take full circle and and just to, what what Scott and I wanted to talk about today was was a little bit about you know the state of our our sport and uh, yep. and specifically yep. collegiately, and we wanted to to hear you know your opinion on you know, kind of what's going on with the dual competition. And um, and what we've seen recently with with a couple, you know, uh, it's almost like we're having prize fighters out there. Like we're saving them for something. And I think I heard you the other day talk about, you know, if it was up to these wrestlers, and I don't want to speak for for you personally, but um, I think they would be out there, right? I mean, this is what you do. Um, and and you kind of gave credit to Caleb Young for coming out and and hitting the mat as much as he possibly can. But do you think this is definitely something where where it's an athlete's perspective, or you know, is it a coach's decision, or is it kind of a mix of both?
8: It's a great it's question. A question. I think college wrestling right now it's the you know it's the million dollar question. If you could answer it, you probably should be uh, in a lab somewhere, you know, trying to figure out some some greater health issues. But it's it's just so hard when you don't have all the all the facts, you know. So it, it's hard to speculate. I can. I can simply say this, as a wrestling fan, it's just so disappointing, and it happens a lot. You go to a dual meet, you anticipate a big matchup, for whatever reason, it doesn't happen. There is, you know, no extreme a dual meet. I think the issue with wrestling is, the reality is, it's a handful of dates that, that you're remembered by. I think they all matter where you're truly remembered is by a handful of dates, you couldn't do that. And and I know it's hard to compare sports because they're so different. But, you know, college football, and, again, I know they're so different, but, I mean, they're talking about the national championship race on, you know, week one, and every game matters. Like, every single game matters. And in wrestling, it just – the reality is that's just not the case, at least to that extent. So I – it just – Man, it just stinks. I mean, it, I mean, every week I look at matchups I'm looking forward to, and way too often they just don't happen. And it's it's disappointing. I think it's disappointing for the fans, and I think the fans are really important. You know, another thing, too, I had an interesting conversation yesterday with Tom Ryan, and Tom brought up a really good point, and Jim Gibbons was on the call. Jim said that when he was at Iowa State, his senior year they had 13 home duels. 13 of them now it seems like a lot of you know these days you have a you have three or four of them that's it and if you want to expand the sport grow revenue market stars at a higher level I wish there were more dates you know more competition dates where we could see these guys they could compete and I don't think there's any question about it it's it's not a it's just not a real good look for college wrestling and 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 I I was alluding to before, you know, and I'm just so careful what I say because I just don't know all the facts. You know, sometimes I'm sure it just doesn't make sense to a wrestler guy. I get it. But if you are a Big Ten wrestler, a Division One wrestler, Division Two II, or III, NAI, JUCA, whatever it is, at that level, it's difficult. See, on the wrestling mats, their academic workload on top of that. I mean, why else would you do it? I mean, I, speaking for myself, the only re- I'm going to do it because I want to compete. I want to compete. I'm a wrestler. I wrestle. And I just look at some of these guys that wrestle a handful of matches, and I think, man, that's got to be, I-, I would think it'd be somewhat disappointing. That's my rant on that.
7: Yeah, you know, and, and that's exactly what I was telling Scott the other day, where, you know, to think that Cale Sanderson went 159-0, and, and that really wasn't that long ago. Um, I don't think we're going to ever see a, a wrestler compete 159 times, Shane. I, I, you yeah, know, I agree. I, to I think it's they hit 100.
8: I mean, to uh, so win 100 college wrestling matches is going to be a real feat. Real feat. 100 matches.
7: And I think, you know, so many times uh, when my guys come to me with a complaint, I'm, I'm like, hey, it's, that's totally fine if you do that, but come to me with a solution at the same time. And I think it's, it's not just a problem with, with college wrestling. You know, you were talking about college football earlier. You need, you know, uh, some sort of czar or, or somebody that's over the whole sport, because how do you fix something like this? Well, there has to be repercussions for the decisions that are made, and the coaches need to be held accountable for what they're doing, you know, and and again, we're not, I'm not speculating that, you know, somebody's not, if they're injured, they're injured, you know, but there's a difference between being hurt and injured. And I just think there needs to be more transparency because without the fans, I mean, what are we doing here? Right.
8: And and the other thing too is, and this is where, I, I mean, if I had the magic wand, I think the first thing I would do is have some kind of, National championship duels. I mean, you look at, like, and I think this is a fair example. I mean, volleyball, it's, I mean, they, they do a fantastic job on ESPN. I mean, they own, it, it's awesome. People, Jim Gibbons once told me this, and I steal a lot of his stuff because it, it just resonated. He said, "Dual meets are tribal. They're tribal. They're important. You want to get a fan base? You, you don't have to be a diehard fan lacrosse fan, wrestling fan volleyball fan whatever sport it is but if if your school is in a in, in some kind of championship format where it's really all about that school people get behind it like it's just it's just something that happens organically Organic- and the fact that there's no college wrestling dual meet championship th- that to me is just and i know there's a lot that goes into this stuff but to steal uh, to steal three words from terry brands figure it
1: out (laughs) well said well
7: said
3: (laughs) (laughs) i love that that
7: that we used to have you know it really wasn't that long ago but you know when did this happen and and, uh... you know how do we get it back to to where we are you know and and I, i think that's that's a decision that you know, you mentioned Tom Brands, I mean, hey, he's a big part of this, and, and, and what he's done and, and the decisions that he's made have, have been like a tr- trickle-down effect all throughout the sport. And it's not just him, there's a lot of other programs that are doing the same thing. You know, one of the other things that I wanted to ask you, that extra age gap, you know, between some of our, our competitors come in here. We, we just saw Kemmerer come back, which is great to see, but I mean, the guy's 25 years old and you know what are some of the repercussions that we're seeing from giving these guys an extra year maybe what we're seeing now from guys being held out
8: yeah i mean no no question uh... last year and this year you know very interesting it'll bleed into next year a little bit too i suppose but yeah i mean last week we did a duel and the circumstances were different with these individuals but we do Iowa purdue last sunday you got drake Ayala, a true freshman uh, just turned 19 in October. You got Michael Cameron is in his seventh year, 25 years old. And then the heavyweights for Purdue, uh, last name is Wolf. He was a great story again, different circumstances. He wrestled at the Naval Academy from like 2012 to 2016. And then, if I understand it right, when you're in a service academy, then you you serve the country for four or five years. So he did that, and he had a rest. He had a, a a year of eligibility left. So now he's wrestling at Purdue, getting some crazy degree, but I think he's 27. So I, I don't know if I've ever done a dual meet where you had a, you know, basically a kid that was just 18, now 19, and a 27-year-old. Uh, but um, it's just, it's, I will say this, and, and this remains to be seen, but when we first found out that these guys were going to get an extra year, my first thought was, man, this is going to be a real big advantage for these guys. It's going to be a real big advantage. I'm not so sure that's been the case. Maybe, and again, we'll see, and it's different for every individual, but maybe especially in a Big Ten wrestling room, seven years is just, you don't have any more tread on the tires. So I am very curious to see how these guys, I mean, we're doing a duel tonight in Michigan Ohio State. Stevan Mićić, he's in his You know, basically, it's a theater when you throw the the red shirts, the Olympic red shirts, and the injury. And I'm I'm curious to see how he responds. Maybe, I mean, that's basically two college careers in the Big Ten, and maybe that's just a little bit too much. We'll see what happens.
7: Yeah, I I think we're seeing some of these guys plateau, and we're we're seeing a little bit, you know, with like uh, a Caleb Young or you know, Meech struggled a lot. Obviously, we saw that. Um, but, you know, to kind of bring it full circle on, on what's going on, you know, currently with wrestling, I mean, yeah, we get it. We want to change some of these things in our sport. But Michigan, I mean, you, you touched a little bit on them. Man, are, are they poised to kind of to make a run now that, that Spencer Lee's out? Um, you know, we've had some injuries with Kemmerer. Um, their Brands is not going to be wrestling for the rest of the year. Um, he's getting something like Tommy John's. Um, Surgery, I believe. Even though I don't, he might play baseball too. I don't know. Um, But is Michigan poised to kind of make a run here? Do you do you think that, or is it Penn State's, you know, to lose now?
8: First of all, here's the best thing about wrestling. My opinion doesn't get you one point on the scoreboard. So that's the first thing. (laughs) Like that's that's what I love about this. Like my opinion. Who cares? But it's fun to talk about. I would say this. I think Penn State's the favorites. I mean, I think, I mean, they just got, you know, you got four returning national champions. They got some horsepower. But I would say this with Michigan it's a very veteran, balanced lineup. You get Brocky, that was, what, now a two time All American. He, he goes in at 197. You get Nick Soriano at 125. Michich comes back. Amin comes back. Logan Massa comes back. You got an All American in Tamameed at 165 in Store at 149, Will One at 157. Those are two big weight classes for them. What can they do with those two weight classes? Michigan is definitely, definitely good enough to win the national title. I was good enough to win the national title. Penn State's good enough to win the national title. I think after those, I wouldn't sleep on Oklahoma State either. I think those four teams have the best chance, and we know how this tournament goes. couple of things. College wrestling I've really come to appreciate just how difficult it is to win matches at this level. I mean, it is so tough. And with with the physicality of wrestling, I mean, every all those teams are an injury away. At at this point, you lose one guy, it's gonna be really tough to overcome that. And as we know at that national tournament, there will be an upset or two, at least on paper, that throws a wrench into a into a bracket. And who can navigate, you know, who can navigate that? Who can take advantage of a so called upset? Who's going to have a, you know, look at Patrick McKee last year. He loses, what, he loses in the second round maybe? And then he, he ends up taking third place? I mean, every tournament's got a story like that or two. I mean, it's, I love those three days in March. And I love the unpredictability, especially this year, because I. I think there's a few teams. I mean, if you told me any one of those four teams I just mentioned won the national title, I would never be like, no way, that's crazy. (laughs) I'd be like, man, some things must have happened. Guys step up. And that's why I love those three days. But, yes, Michigan is definitely good enough to win the whole thing. No doubt about it.
1: We're talking with Caleb Nembers, Shane Sparks as well. When we come back on the program, we're going to be talking with Shane. I've got one guy I want him to focus on and that is uh, Aaron Brooks of Penn State. It was January 9th when he was handed the, uh, the second honor of the season, that being the Big Ten Wrestler of the Week. How good is he? We'll get Shane's opinion and that of Caleb Members as well. You're listening to USA Takedown on ESPN Radio. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Mullet's Restaurant, downtown First Avenue, right by the ballpark. It's a chow hall for wrestlers. Stay tuned. There's more USA Takedown. Stay tuned.
0: All guests on USA Takedown appear on the Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline. Two time world champion Terry Brand said, We use it in our showers and in our room. Defense Soap, it's what the pros use.
1: All right, the headline out of University Park, Pennsylvania, Penn State Nittany Lion wrestler Aaron Brooks has been named the Big Ten Wrestler of the Week for the week ending January 9th. It's the second of the season and the third for the Lions. Joining us today to talk about that and more, Caleb members, our longtime guest co-host, and, of course, Shane Sparks for the Big Ten Network and his new TV show. You can see it on the Big Ten Network. It's called Big Ten and Beyond, Big Ten Wrestling and Beyond And i got to tell you, they're putting a lot of effort into this, Shane. That's going to make you feel awfully good, yeah?
8: What the Big Ten Network has done for college wrestling, uh, really in the last five years, I mean, they've always been a a big piece. But the last five years, the commitment they've shown with the increased coverage on dual meets, I mean, this weekend we have a doubleheader tonight, Michigan, Ohio State, Nebraska, and Minnesota. Tomorrow, or on, on Sunday... I know I'm doing Illinois, Iowa. We got Michigan State, Indiana on Monday for Martin Luther King Jr. Day. We got Big Ten Wrestling and Beyond Monday, Big Ten Wrestling in 60, all kinds of social media stuff. Make sure you follow uh, Big Ten Wrestling on Instagram at B1G Wrestling. B1G Wrestling, we're over like 51,000. We just started it last week. So, yeah, I mean, the Big Ten has definitely put the headgear on and towed the line and trying to really elevate the best conference in the in the country, the Big Ten. It's it's been just a, a thrill to be a part of it, no question.
1: All right, so and and I'll lead with this question. You fellas continue, but how good is Aaron Brooks for Penn State?
8: He's he's phenomenal. And uh, I, I will say this about Aaron Brooks. Uh, sometimes you say things that are really stupid to say. <laughs> But you still might be right. So I, there's, I'll give you a real quick story. I used to do a sports talk show Never with Green Bay. And I remember telling everybody on the airwaves once, it's the dumbest thing I ever said. I should have been fired immediately, but I'm going to end up being right. I said, when it's all said and done, you will not use Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre in the same sentence because Aaron Rodgers will be so much better. <laughs> Stupid comment, but it's going to be right. So I'll Big Ten Championships... I mean, you can't just go to the Casey's General Store in Iowa or the Hy-Vee Grocery Store, go to aisle six on the third shelf and go get a Big Ten title. You've got to earn them, and they are extremely difficult to get. And I think oftentimes when a guy makes it look kind of as easy as Aaron Brooks, you just kind of assume it like, yeah, this guy's just going to win Big Ten titles. And I said when he was a freshman, I said, you know what? I think this guy could become the first ever five-time Big Ten champion. I think super highly of him, but i got to be honest, and he still might be. That was a stupid thing for me to say just from the standpoint (laughs) of five Big Ten titles. Come on, I I told myself in my mind, Shane, you're not doing any justice to how difficult it is to get one. How many great wrestlers do we know that don't have one Big Ten title? It's really tough to get one, but... Aaron Brooks is phenomenal. I can't wait. I In, in my mind, uh, based on with Spencer Lee being out, uh, I was looking forward to Suriano-Spencer Lee. That's not going to happen. So on my list, the number one match I'm looking forward to in the Big Ten duels, no doubt, next week, Miles Amin, Michigan, Aaron Brooks, Penn State. Yeah. I cannot wait to see that, and I have no idea how that's going to go. No clue, but it's going to be a
1: battle. And Caleb, before I throw it back to you, and I want the predictions from both of you, January twenty eighth, Penn State at Iowa. Who wins this thing? You know, if if you look at it on paper, it looks like Iowa, but at the same time, you can't ever throw a well-planned Sanderson team uh, out there without giving them credit where credit is due. Your thoughts, we'll start with Shane, and then Caleb, you take it from there.
8: I hate to be, take the easy way out on this, Scott, but here's, here's how I would answer that. I have no idea how these guys are feeling physically. How are their girlfriends? How are other relationships in their life? How is their weight cut? Have they done their schoolwork right where they, you know, got it done or did they procrastinate? Maybe got to stay up late a couple of nights and, and that takes away. This, this matchup with these two, here's how I would predict it. I would fold up two pieces of paper, put "I on one, Penn State on the other, hand it to my 11-year-old daughter and tell her to pick one, and I'll ride with whoever she picks. I have I have no, again, I, I hate to think the easy way out. I have no idea who wins this one. No, because it, here's the thing. This is one of those duels where if they wrestled it a 100 times, you're going to get a bunch of results. I mean, this is, this is going to be, and then you think about even things like this. Where does it start? You know, typically they start at one twenty-five, but but maybe it doesn't. And you know, momentum is a crazy thing. Can can somebody get a big upset and and turn the tide? And it's going to be a phenomenal match, and I uh, I have absolutely no clue who's going to win it. No idea.
1: Okay, and that's I think that's an honest appraisal, Caleb. How about you? Caleb, how about you? Yeah, I mean, Shane, uh,
7: you're taking the easy way out there, brother. But um, You know, I, I really think it's going to come down uh, to, to who's, who's going to be ready to go that day. And it, just like what Shane said, it's really tough to predict right now because it's a little ways out. But I think if, if Kemmer is healthy, um, it, it might come down to that 125 matchup. Which you know you've got a, a new transfer coming in there with Hildebrand. You've got a young guy in Drake iola who's looked really good sometimes and and struggled others. Uh, it might come down to that. But I think the the crazy thing here is we're all looking forward to this and we really want to see it. But I, I I'd love to see something like I mean Scott, you remember this obviously Shane, you do too. Remember when Iowa and Iowa State used to wrestle two times a year? Yep. They're not even in the same conference. But it was, great, was twice great in a year and and they they did it because the fans loved it and they wanted to compete and we don't do that anymore so why doesn't you know Penn State and Iowa get together i don't care even if it's not a even if it's it's not a sanctioned Big 10 duel why can't we see this twice in a year because the fans deserve it
8: right
1: i would agree yeah, with that that's
8: a, that's great and i love those days back of iowa state it seemed like more often than not it was one versus two in the country. And, yeah, the fans loved it. And that's, I mean, that's how you get people excited about things. I mean, that that Penn State-Iowa match, that, uh, I mean, on the Big Ten Network, we're doing a bunch of stuff. we got a documentary coming out after that duel on the Brands brothers. That'll be great. You know, next week, Michigan and Penn State. That's, I, I mean, everybody always talks about, like, and, and i got to be honest, more often than not, I just roll my eyes and I just, just shake my head as the old let's grow wrestling. Let's grow wrestling. Let's grow wrestling. It's not that complicated. If you want to grow the sport, at the end of the day, give the fans what they want. Market the stars, give the fans what they want, and that's how you grow the sport. You know, in, in my opinion, you know, rule changes. I don't I just don't see a rule change like, oh my gosh. High school participation's up thirty-five percent because you know the takedowns worth three points, or you know, there's a push out rule. Like, come on. I mean some of those rules are good for action, but don't 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 sell me the oh, this will grow the sport. What grows the sport is what you just said. Market the stars, give us the showcase events, and I'm telling you, you know, you guys are an Iowa show, so I'll go back to <laughs> one of the greatest lines ever in the state of Iowa from a movie standpoint. If you build it, they will come. If you wrestle those matches, they will come. Sometimes we just, sometimes we make it sound like we're, you know, trying to cure cancer. All right? I mean, market the stars, give us the big showcase matches, and I'm telling you, I think that's the best way to move the needle. Oh.
7: Yeah, you're right, Shane. I mean, you, you think about how does a kid get hooked, you know, and, and I go back to, you know, how I was. I was brought to the, the Iowa State Wrestling Tournament. And, you know, you're in awe. You're, there's there's 10,000 fans in, in the old Veterans Memorial Auditorium, and you're like, wow, I, this is what I want. I want to be here. I want to be on this stage. And when you're able to tune in to a Penn State, Iowa dual meet, or, or you're able to go to the event, you know, that's when the kid gets hooked and then they're all in. Maybe they got their, their butt kicked in a tournament. They're, not, they're thinking about maybe not, not continuing with the sport, but then they tune into that. Uh, it's over. It's over. This is what I want to do. And we need more. Yeah, you're
8: Yeah, you're Yeah. I mean, I remember 1992, I was a sophomore, and I've told this story many times. I was a sophomore in high school, and the Big Ten Championships were in Madison. And my dad took me there and it was a packed house in madison that was a great to this day it's the best big 10 championship i've ever seen and that was the day that i fell in love with with college wrestling quite frankly that was the day that i really knew i wanted to be in broadcasting and do wrestling and uh i mean it was the superstars and that was the day that i fell in love with my all-time favorite college wrestler chad zapital i mean I'll, I'll never forget that day it changed my life and what you just are alluding to, if, if it did it for me and it did it for you, it'll do it for a lot of kids.
1: We're talking with Caleb members, Shane Sparks of the Big Ten Network. Caleb, of course, a longtime uh, co-host on this very program. We're talking not just about Big Ten, but you know, we got their opinions on University of Iowa versus Penn State at Iowa, but uh, whether or not we should go back to those in-state rivalries and uh, Iowa State, of course, in the books, but also Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, the uh, so-called Bedlam Series. And, and that event, that uh, uh, challenge between those two teams, I think has been sadly overshadowed by the rest of it all. It's not, doesn't have the same uh, type of uh, uh, sparkle or shine that it once did. And I'm wondering if it's because we took our eye off the ball in that case. We may have. Uh, this portion of our program brought to you by our friends at Battle Skins, Battleskins.com next week and the week after. I think we'll be doing a giveaway on the, on their behalf, uh, putting up the big backpack full of gear uh, from our friends at Battleskins. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. How to win, we'll tell you more about that next week. Kira's going to be uh, all over that, I'm sure. Who's going to win? We, You may have to communicate with Kira. Yeah, she's the boss. She's the executive producer of this program. Shane, how difficult is putting together, I mean, you've got 12 teams, right? In the Big Ten. Fourteen! Fourteen! Fourteen, I'm sorry. I forgot about yep. Maryland and Rutgers, but you've got 14 teams, and then the focus, obviously, is going to be on number one, number two, number, maybe the, even the top five, but teams like uh, Maryland getting skunked by Penn State, what was it, 48 nothing.
8: Yeah, Maryland I know shut out Penn State last week.
1: Or Penn State shut out Maryland, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> be... yeah I'm sorry if I missed Yeah, Penn State shut out
8: Maryland, yeah. Yep, right.
1: yep. So, uh, is, there, is there, at some point, and Rutgers had a, a pretty decent early season, right? Um, when yeah, will we. They
8: shut out 11 and 0.
1: Yeah, so when, do, when does the balance start occurring? Because it seems that the rich have gotten richer, speaking of Penn State and Iowa. Uh, but remember when Minnesota was a powerhouse out there, it no longer is. What are your thoughts?
8: Gosh, I I would say this, Scott. I mean, Penn State is, you know, putting together one of the best dynasties in, in, in all of college sports, quite frankly. When it's all said and done, we'll see how it shakes out. But they are, I mean, they're on a, on a, in the last decade, they've been on a level that's, I don't know if college wrestling's ever seen anything like that, um, You mentioned Iowa. Ohio State won it in 2015. Tom Ryan's done a great job keeping them relevant. Nebraska with Mark Manning's a very, very solid team year in year out. Uh, There's still a lot of you know really good talent. Then when you you know you look at like Wisconsin's got a few All-Americans typically. You know some really good guys. Northwestern last couple of years with. Sebastian Rivera before he went to Rutgers. Ryan Deacon right now. Yaya Thomas had a really good tournament in 2021. They got a handful of guys. All these schools, they all have a couple of really good guys. So from a from a standpoint, yeah, you know, Penn State, Iowa, Ohio State, Michigan. haven't you know, obviously look at Michigan right now, those teams are going to be tough to beat. But I don't know if it's necessarily. Maybe it's it's stronger at the top, but I think the talent in the middle and at and towards those bottom finishing teams also still very good. Mm-hmm. I mean they're still so wrestling the big Ten, It's the major leagues. It's the top one percent of the top one percent, and uh, it's a gosh. It, it, I I always think it can't get any better, but it does. But I don't I don't necessarily think there's going to be these you know monumental shifts. As long as, you know, Cale Sanderson's at Penn State and, and I was, they're always going to be good. And like I said, Michigan, the person, they're always good. I mean, it's Big Ten's in good shape.
1: The Big Ten, I, I want to throw this out there for both of you guys. Sean Bormette, um, legitimately has paved his own way to, to the head coaching position at Michigan. And I don't know that we've seen Michigan be as strong as they are right now. And they're going to be on the road taking Miles Amin, Soriano, Paris, and others. Uh, you know, that's, that's a lot of weight in at least, uh, what, three of the, of, the, uh, of the weight classes. But you look at what Michigan has done quietly over the last two to three seasons with Bormet's, uh, uh, you know, finger on the trigger, as it were. But they're traveling to Columbus, Ohio. And you're right, Tom Ryan has done a great job with uh, Ohio State. And the expectations of Gene Smith and company there, I'm sure, are uh, very high for, for Tom Ryan. But it's a different uh, Ohio State this year than it was last year. Or am I overselling that? Uh, Shane, your thoughts.
8: Yeah, I think Ohio State, um, I think they're probably pretty, I think they're better this year. Uh, that, uh, uh, Carson Hartslet, 165, I, I really like him. I mean, their upper weights are really good with Harshal at 65, Ethan Smith at 74, Caleb Romero at 84, uh, Orndorff at All-American at heavyweights, uh, Dylan uh, D'Amelio at 141 really improved. You had a national finals and Sandy Sass at 149, so they are still a very, very solid team. Uh, I mean, as we know in college dual meet wrestling, it, it really comes down to matchups, right. but Ohio State is very good, and keep this in mind with Tom Ryan. Class of 2022, he got the first second and third the top three overall recruits in the country to come to Ohio State. If anybody's ever spent a significant amount of time with Tom Ryan, it's easy to figure out because uh, if he wasn't a wrestling coach, he'd have a sales job someplace doing something well. He's got a lot of charisma. I really like Tom Ryan. I I, I really like spending time with him, and he can can sell the program, no doubt about it. But Ohio State, very good team.
1: Mm -hmm. And 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 Caleb, I've got to ask you too about um, the rise of of uh, uh, the Wolverines. I mean, they're four and zero in official dual meets this year, outscoring their opposition. Now, get this number, fellas: one thirty-three to twenty-one with bonus points. Nineteen of his thirty-four bouts.
7: Yeah, I think you could say the same thing you just said about uh, Coach Ryan about Bo- Coach Bormett, where you know he could do anything that he wants to do. The guy could be a CEO of of wherever. Um, But he chooses to be a wrestling coach, and he's going to be successful at whatever he does. Uh But back to what you were just talking about, Scott, where I think there's two tiers in the Big Ten right now. You know, you've got got Iowa, Penn State, and Michigan. And then that second tier, you've got Ohio State, Rutgers, and Wisconsin. And, you know, Ohio State, Rutgers, and Wisconsin are improving. And you're seeing, you know, Rutgers could have their best team they've ever had and you're not going to maybe see necessarily the results on paper because the Big Ten is so tough at the top because you've got you know those 2,000-pound those gorillas up there that really, they're not going to go anywhere. And you've got to give some credit to, to what Coach John Reeder and, and Bono are doing at Wisconsin, um, and you might not see some of the results on, on,
1: on paper. I'm looking, and, and, and I want to throw this out there just for open thoughts, okay? If you think about the milestones that they're setting at Michigan, the milestones they're setting at Ohio State, um, you know we're going to see somebody win, somebody lose. But when you look at graduate student Logan Massa, he made his official season debut against Pitt, kicked off the duel with the first period fall against Hunter Kernan, who's, a, you know, he's a stud at 74, no doubt about it. But that was the 100th career win at Michigan for Massa you think about it. He's improved to 124 over six years and became the 38th Michigan wrestler to achieve that milestone. That's special indeed. And on his shoulders, the rest are wrestling. Shane?
8: Yeah, Mass is a, a, a really good story because he, he came out of high school, three-time state champ, I believe, and then he, he redshirted, and his, his redshirt freshman year, I think he was third at the national tournaments, And then he had a couple, of years an injury in there, but then he goes a couple of years, doesn't place at the national tournaments, and then last year finishes fifth. But uh, I believe Logan recently, you know, had a had a daughter. I, I believe he got married. I mean, his life is different right now. No question, but he's another guy. I think it's you know it's year number seven. I mean when you look at Michigan, they have I mean Suriano, Michich, Massa, Amin. I mean they got some there's a lot of years of experience, and I guys, I can't believe I forgot this. I went through that Michigan lineup before and forgot to mention Mason Paris.
3: Uh-huh. I mean,
8: there's another. I mean, I I don't think anybody would deny the second best heavyweight in the country, and there's a gap between him at number two and everybody else below him. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's this this season is just so. I just think it's unpredictable. Like I said before, it, it's how are these guys that are in. Year six, year seven. How are they managed, and how do they perform in March? And another thing to keep in mind, real quick, is a guy like Mitrice. Use him as an example. And there's not a lot of these guys, but Mitrice comes to mind when you're looking at a team that's going to be fighting for a national title. The guy hasn't done folk style wrestling in a couple of years. I mean, it's been a couple of years since he's been on the mat, and I think you know we might have seen some of that last week against Pitt when he lost eleven to five. Just, you know, was in some positions that he probably hasn't been in in a while. And it's just, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of intrigue. I wish I had to crisp the crystal ball, guys, because those a few days in Detroit at Little Caesars, is going to be it's going to be crazy to see how it all shakes out.
1: Fellas, we're up against the clock. I can't tell you how much I appreciate this conversation. I truly do. We'll do it again, uh, Shane, as long as you're, um, you know, agreeable. And Caleb, as long as you're agreeable. Absolutely. I love the conversation gives us a chance to spread our wings, as it were, but the Big Ten alive and well. And uh, Shane Sparks on the call, Big Ten Network, of course. And uh, nobody's more welcome at an event than uh, uh, Shane or even Caleb, for that matter. You know, people love to meet Caleb as well. Good to talk with you, boys. You have a great rest of your day. Be safe out there in the weather, okay?
8: Hey, thanks so much to both of you guys. It's been a lot of fun talking wrestling and looking forward to crossing paths. Be well.
1: We'll do it. Absolutely. Caleb, Caleb, thank you. Caleb, thank you. Thank you. I
7: appreciate it. Shane, get that next Matt return out there, okay? (laughs) Able (laughs) can't win it two weeks in a row, brother.
1: (laughs) All right. Stay tuned. There's more. It's USA Takedown on ESPN.
0: Think you heard everything? Stick around. You ain't heard nothing yet. More USA Takedown after this. (laughs)
1: All right, welcome back uh, to Battleskins uh, USA Takedown. I'm Scott Casper, along with uh, the great uh, producer extraordinaire with a comment, by the way. She always has great comments. Kira Jones uh, joining us on the program, as always. And uh, so far, this has been a knockout show. You know, just one thing I do well, and that's design a show uh, from top to bottom with great guests. And Jim Miller, Rich Bender, Tim Szeski first hour, Caleb Nemers, Shane Sparks, the second hour. And we wrap the hour with one of the founders of Battleskins. It's Coach Steve Glassy out in Cali. Uh, good morning, Coach. How are you? Good, Scott. How you doing, buddy? I'm so pumped. You know, this, yeah. um, this, this new relationship. And I've been working on this relationship, you can, you can ask Murph, uh, for a long time. And I'm so, gl- I've been so glad you all made it happen because it's our opportunity to be able to continue to do what we do. But that's to help our athletes with the best possible products that can help them achieve a good, healthy perspective on our sport. And that is not being fearful of skin-borne disease and everything that's attentive to, uh, to that. But uh, to be prepared. Let's face it. It's, it's the ingredients that go into the products. You guys stand behind the ingredients, the essential oils, that are known to prevent... Uh, and and protect against various skin infections. Where does the uh, appreciation for that effort come from, in your case?
6: Well, um, it, it, you know, it all, actually, it all started as a dream. And you know, people say, "Yeah, it's the American dream." Well, I had that American dream. Um, I woke up. I had one of my kids uh, that was uh, that wrestled for me in high school, and he had uh, a major staff infection.
3: Oh. And
6: lost just about lost his leg. Oh, so uh, I woke up from a dream and I was spraying something on him. I'm going, what the heck is that? Some spraying something on him, and then uh, I just kept developing that idea. And then I ended up talking to Jay Murphy, and uh, when we were at the U.S. Open, and I said, Jay, I got this idea. And there was a few Iowa dads there as well, and they said, "Well, Steve, you got a pretty good idea. Um, let's let's uh, let's see what you can do with it." So uh, so. What Jay and I did, we sat down on and we had a napkin. We wrote down some ideas, and it took us about a year to find the right scientist to uh, build our product to build BattleScan. And that was actually by happenstance, uh, because Jay lives, you know, in Florida and I'm and I'm in California. He was at a friend's house uh that was that dealt in in agricultural products. Well he knew this gentleman knew that that Jay and I were looking at, at building something. Well he said, Well I have somebody at M D. Anderson, he had a scientist at M D. Anderson um, that was there and he introduced jade to him and then it went from there so after after we met uh, our scientist he said give me some give me some time and I'll build something for you we gave him the parameters and the parameters were number one that uh, it protects and prevents a skin infection and he said that's not a problem and I said well and I want to make it non-sticky that's huge. That's that's not a problem because at that time it was, uh, you know, it was it was another product that was a foam at that time, uh-huh. and everybody and everybody was using it, and it just wasn't doing anything. It was a it was a poly type of uh, product, and it is is real slippery. So I said we don't want that either. So he said we can do that as well, and I said I want a fast delivery system. He said no problem. And uh, just before the U.S. Open, he said, "I have your product ready for you."
3: Oh wow! <clears throat>
6: so uh, I said, "Okay, send it to me. I'll be in Las Vegas." He sent it to me, and it looked like I had uh, seven canisters of a car wax because it was because it was in Chinese. We didn't want anybody to know what it was. It was <laughs> kind of a funny story. <laughs> So I saw a lot of my, you know, a lot of my D1 buddies, and I, I told them that we finally had the product out, and uh, talked to several other guys that that had worked with me um, at Capital Champions, um, and I said, hey, I want you guys to try this. So they all, you know, several of them tried it and they liked it, uh, but what happened was one of my friends had um, had a skin infection in the back of his head. I said, hey, why don't you spray this on there? I'm, I'm not sure what's, what it's going to do, but why don't you spray it on there? Well, he was there for, for four days for the U.S. Open, and within four days that, the infection was gone. Wow! <clears throat> so I called Murph up, and I said, you know, Murph, I think we got something more than uh, what we bargained for. And uh, he, he asked why. I said, well, listen, because this is um, breaking down the skin infection. So uh, what happened was we we worked on a couple of other people that had some skin infections, and it was breaking the skin infections down. And then I had my summer camps, and I brought all my product out with me. And any time that we saw somebody that had a skin infection coming through camp, we started applying it to them three, three times a day, four times a day. And it, the, the infections were, were, were breaking down, and they were lessening, and several of them... The injections were gone.
3: Treating, yeah.
6: So, so I said, tre- wow, okay.
1: Yeah, the treatment is uh, it's so important to somebody that has a fungal or bacterial, or or viral infections. But you guys take it to the next step. Let's let's avoid the step of having to treat uh, these infections. Let's protect against the possibility of having uh, exactly. these infections, right?
6: Exactly. And that was the main premise. What we why um, we built BattleScan. Because it was an aerosol, and it was a dry aerosol. And the, the, the way that our scientific doctors built it, um, it would stay on the skin for four to eight hours. Okay. So it would be protecting the athlete for four to eight hours after they, after they sprayed our product on there. And we had m- not one person said they got a, a skin infection when they had the product on.
3: That's awesome. And,
6: th- and then we s- we sent um, our product out to the University of Ohio, and they did so- and they did testing on it, and we we got very very high marks. And so so what I'm learning, what I'm learning from this is the best ideas right. get written down on cocktail napkins.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and
6: everybody needs a friend yes. that they can go up to and say. Hey, I noticed this. Can I, get, can I just, like, spritz this on you? Let's see what it does. Yeah. <laughs> that was the week of test dummies. <laughs>
1: All right, so speaking of, of, of people that you align yourselves with, right, and yep. people that are jumping on board, you've got a guy named Dan Henderson, and for you MMA fans out there, you surely remember Dan Henderson. He's a Hall of Famer, uh, but also a great wrestler in his own right. Yeah. Uh Dan is one of the best of the best. So how did Dan get involved in battleskin, not just the aerosol propellant, right? But yeah. uh the treatment, the, the the preparation before uh each and every workout game or match, but also uh during and then after the the competition. How did Dan get involved?
6: Well Dan uh and I go back since he's been five or six years old. And his his dad, Bill, and I uh, are longtime friends, and we've taken some U.S. teams over to Europe um, back in the day. So I've known I've known Dan since he's been you know a puppy, and uh, and I can tell you that I I did whip Dan one day when he was twelve. Okay, it so happened. Did, it actually uh, happened. It did happen. It did. It did. <laughs> Um, but he's, he's um, gotten even a few times with me. But anyway, uh, Dan has uh, he, has some, he has some issues at the club um, at his MMA gym, and we brought, I brought some uh, battle skin over to him just so he could try it and give it to his guys, and it worked really well. And then his son also wrestled, and he was getting some ringworms, so he started spraying that on his son's ringworm, and, and it treated very, very quickly on the ringworm. And uh, things just evolved, and Dan said, hey, how can I buy into the company? I love it. Well, here we go. Here's, here's the deal. He bought in he bought into Battleskin, and he's, and he's one of the partners now. And um, he's done quite well. I mean, he's been a very good influencer um, in the MMA, uh, in the realm. Um, so, we've, you know, when you got somebody that's at Dan's stature, and explains how this how it works and it does really work. Um, it's, he's, he's done well with, with uh, Battleskin.
1: an amazing athlete, but also he's one of those quiet guys, okay that yeah. reads, listens, uh, and gathers up everything before he makes a decision. And obviously he did his homework on Battleskin. Battleskin yeah. it's dot skincom By the way, new commercials start next week for Battleskin. Uh, But uh, it's it's that kind of guy. I I look at him. I look at Lindon. I look at Couture. Any of those guys out of the original Team Quest, okay, they're still leaders in our sports, whether it's MMA, wrestling, boxing. They're still leaders highly respected. As a matter of fact, Couture's gym in Las Vegas was just voted the MMA gym of the year. Okay, what does that tell you? How many years ago was he the the last time he was a UFC champion, a Randy Couture. How long ago was that? He's still relevant to this day. Yes, And yeah. I think that speaks volumes about the the gathering of the greatness that was Team Quest at the time, how yeah. forward-looking they were. They were one of the very first sponsors of our original show. You yeah. know, and yeah. Henderson, uh, God bless him, he's never been one that has sought out the, the limelight. Backstage, no. everything behind the scenes is what you find with Dan Henderson. That's where his true strength lies. And the respect that the people have in in our sports world that they have for Dan Henderson is really incomparable. Yeah.
6: So, obviously, we're talking about wrestling and MMA. This is a wrestling and MMA show. Right. But skin infections
3: Uh
6: are insidious (laughs) in all sports. So what's next for you guys outside of wrestling? Have you thought about that at all? Uh, yes, we're we're actually um, in the in the workings of working with uh, NCAA football mm. Mm. and and hockey, is putting some big things together. We're excited about that, and we have we have and we have a couple of new products as well. So we're yeah you know, we're, we're we're on the right track.
4: Can you give us a sneak peek? Uh-huh. Are we allowed to ask a that?
1: sneak peek? Huh?
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see you guys involved with uh, the Arena Football League. Uh, not just yes. the AFL, but the IFL, which is what I'm involved with, the Indoor yes. Football League, and talk yes. about a, a idea that was put together on a napkin, okay? The Indoor yes. Football League, or the origin, the Arena Football League by Jim Foster, was designed, I think, at the airliner in Iowa City on a napkin. I was in the booth right behind him. And so <laughs> I actually got to hold that darn thing. I wonder where it's <laughs> at now, but it's it's easy to... To think that in the old days it was acceptable to walk into a football locker room, a hockey locker room, and the smell that would—it uh, it, was—it was awful. It was just yep. awful. And now we are treating uniforms right. Uh, the anti- yes. The, what do they call the antimicrobial product that's yep. in the pro- yep. uh, the the material itself? You yep. guys are all all over that, right?
6: Yes, oh, so big time. We got some. We got some awesome new product coming out, and uh, it's it. Really, uh, our, our product is is the revolutionary product in in combat sport.
1: Mm-hmm. It really is. And by the way, I'm going to give you some information here, folks. You're going and we'll repeat it in the shows to come. But you can place your orders for Battleskin products. Simply go to their website. It's battle-skin.com. Battle-skin.com, and they're located in ordering and customer service down in Sarasota, Florida. But you can also call them at 8667Battle. 8667Battle. Uh, and for those of you not numerically challenged, 866-722-8853. Again, customer service hours 24-7, 365 a year. 866-722-8853. Find out what we're talking about. Find out what Steve Mako, Jake Herbert, Kendall Cross, Logan Storley, Cody Brewer, Ben Askren, and guys like Dan Henderson, and, and guys like Steve Glassy, He's been there, done that. I wonder if we would still have Kevin Randleman if this product had been out there to assure him that his skin uh, was protected. I, I'm wondering. Oh, yeah. I I, re- I wish we'd had that chance to go back and, uh, and help him save his own life. With the yeah. essential oils and active ingredients that are, that are tested and proven. Steve, we're up against the clock, but yeah. uh, this has been super informative. I appreciate that. Next week, we're going to be talking with Hendo. Dan Henderson is going to be joining us.
6: Yeah, you will be talking to Dan. Woo. He's always fun to talk to.
1: We love you, Steve. God bless you.
6: All
1: right. All right.
6: You guys take care. There You're we doing go. an awesome job. You nice. take care.
1: All right, buddy. There we go. Snow falling in Central Iowa. Kira Jones playing that music. And you know what? It's okay. I love Christmas, too, but this is more about snow. It truly is, and it is. We're going to take uh, this opportunity thank you. Thanks to Kira Jones for producing today's show. Thanks to all of our great guests. We'll talk to you next week on Battleskin's USA Takedown, brought to you by Barbarian Apparel. Stay tuned. More next week.